Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. So I continue tonight and the name of my message is to be vigilantly aware. And again, I want to read Matthew 26 from verse 35. Jesus came to them at a place called Gethsemane, which is a place of testing, which we all will go through, where we wrestle with God and we submit and yield to God's plan for our lives. And said to the disciples, sit here, not sleep, okay? Sit here while I go and pray over there. And He took with Him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, the sons of Thunder, James and John, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. We're talking about Jesus here. Jesus who was subject to emotions. Jesus who experienced sorrow. Jesus who understood he had to go to the cross for you and me. And it was going to cost him everything. So he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. You know, sometimes we need people and people aren't there. And this was the case of Jesus Christ. He needed His disciples to be there for them, for Him. But the disciples just didn't get it. Like sometimes when you go through your challenges, people don't get it. But you're going to be okay. Because God is not asleep. And God is not going to forsake you. And God is not going to abandon you. God will keep you. God will strengthen you. For the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Your God will not fail you. Your God is alive. Come on. Your God has ears and He hears. He has eyes and He sees. He has a mouth and He speaks. He's not like some dumb idol who have eyes and do not see ears and do not hear. Come on. Our God is alive. So even when everybody else abandons you, David said, when my mother and father forsakes me, the Lord will take me up. So even if you're in a place of loneliness, you are not alone. God's not going to fail you. So he went a little further and fell on his face and he prayed saying, My father, oh, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Prayer of consecration. That leads to a life of consecration. He knows she, uh, uh, I'm going to say, no, it's if you No, mag you need jeans draw in second type of goeders nie, okay? A life of consecration is a life that is surrendered to the call and the will and the purpose of your God. It means that your Father has the final say and you've come to the place of understanding that God's will for your life is always better than your own will. Why? Because God knows what you don't know. God knows the future you don't know. God is the architect of your steps that you have to take. Therefore, you have to live in that place where you constantly pray, not my will be done, but thy will be done. It's the first prayer Jesus taught us to pray, right? We call it the Lord's Prayer, but actually it's the disciples' prayer when He taught us to pray, our Father, relationship, dialogue, not monologue, our Father, my Father, our Father, not isolation, Christianity, but together Christianity. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, glorified, magnified, worship God. I will enter His gates with thanksgiving and heart. I will enter His courts with praise. That's why we start our services with praise and worship. Because before we focus on our needs, we come to worship our God. And let me just tell you tonight, 
God doesn't need your worship because God is not needy. You need to worship God because if you don't worship God, you will end up worshiping something else or somebody else. So come on tonight. Can you give God a great, great, great worship out of a heart of adoration? I mean, God is not sitting up there all needy. God is whole, He's complete. He doesn't need your money. He, the silver and the gold is His in any case. The reason He teaches you to give is for your sake. So that you can be free and you can experience what God has for you in your life. So Jesus prays this prayer of consecration three times. And verse 40 says, Then He came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And say to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You're a tripod being. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Paul prays and he says, I pray God sanctify your spirit, soul and body. You're not a flesh, you're a spirit. You live in a body and you have a soul, which is your will, your intellect, your reason the place you make decisions. So while we sojourn in this human bodies through life, like Paul says in Romans chapter 7, we are always going to have, forget wrestling with the devil. We'll get there in a moment. We are always going to wrestle with ourselves, The God part and the carnal part, the fleshly part, the spirit man and the physical man. You're always going to wrestle with it. And your mind will determine which one wins. Depending on how your mind is conformed or conformed to the world, to, to the Word and not to the Word. So that you can experience the life, the good, perfect, acceptable will of God for your life. Romans 12 says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We'll talk about that in weeks that lie ahead. Your thinking will determine your living. So these disciples in a time of need, Jesus is calling them to pray with Him. I believe that God is calling His church to pray like never. I respect every viewer tonight from every African country all over the world. And I'm not excluding you from this statement, but please, we need a move of God in South Africa. And we as a church have to pray for South Africa and the future of South Africa like never before. We believe the Bible that says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. We have to pray like never for South Africa in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Say so our text tonight, verse 40 and 41, He came to the disciples and found them sleeping. What's your name? Joe? I didn't mean that to anybody. I'm just saying, are you sleeping? And no, it was Peter. And he said to Peter, what could you not watch with me one hour? How many of you are praying a little bit longer? Amen. I said, how many of you are praying a little bit longer since we started this series on prayer? Even if it's one minute longer, okay? Prayer is something we have to do. It's not something we can talk about. It's something we have to do. We have to pray. Because Jesus taught us to pray. Because when we pray, God's hand is released to move on our behalf. We can't think about our problems. We have to pray. We have to cast our cares upon the Lord. 
We have to roll our burdens upon God. We have to become a prayerful generation. We have to become a prayerful generation, not a prayerless generation. Come on, young people. We have to become a powerful, prayerful generation, not a prayerless generation. Come on. Your sharps and your smarts are not going to get you where you want to go. You are going to need the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost if you are going to see God move mountain and God do great things in your life because you have authority and that authority is not in this natural world. That authority is in the spirit dimension and you have to learn what you have to receive so that you can outsmart the devil, your enemy, and fulfill the destiny that God has for you. So the text is Jesus saying, what could you not watch with me one hour? I like the message paraphrase. It's not a translation. He says, when he came back to the disciples, he found them sound asleep and he said to Peter, can't you stick it out for a single hour? Thank God you're in church tonight. We're going to have church for an hour. Wow, pastor, I've never been in a church for an hour. Okay, let's try two hours. It's amazing. Sometimes people say, they have a long service at CRC and we only go for 90 minutes. But that same person was in the club last night and he was going for 90 hours or I mean he was going for seven hours till three o'clock in the morning and 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 you know the louder it became or the earlier in the morning the greater the party oh come on there's no party like the Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost party don't stop come on there's no high like the most high because the most high will never let you down in Jesus name we don't get high on cocaine we don't get high on the world we don't get high on ambition we don't get high on relationships we get high on the Holy Ghost we get high on the most high so if you want to snort anything snort snort the gospel get the gospel through your nostril get the gospel into your heart get the gospel into your mind and begin to love the Word of God in Jesus name hallelujah oh, give the Lord a praise come on gotta get hooked on the Word says, can't you stick it out for a single hour? Stay alert, be in prayer, so you won't wander into temptation without even knowing you're in danger. We taught our kids, don't touch the fire, because you'll get burned. We put swimming pool covers over our pools, because a child doesn't know there's imminent danger. We protect them. So God wants to protect you. God wants you to live forewarned because to be forewarned is to be forearmed. You cannot live like everybody else in the world, unaware, asleep, oblivious to actually what is going on in our world today. You have to live wide awake, wakey, wakey, as a child of God. You cannot have a conversation of this world. You cannot live like people in the world. You can't stumble around in, in, in dark in, in darkness, blinded by what is happening in this world on social media. You are children of the living God. You are in the world. You are not of this world. You are called to live above anything this world has. You are called to live with the unfair advantage. You are called to overcome. You are called to be more than a conqueror. You are called to be the head and not the tail. You are called to be above and not beneath no matter what is happening in the world. Say amen tonight in Jesus' name. So in Yerides, he says, there's a part of you that is eager, ready for anything in God. How many of you love the presence of God? Come on, say amen tonight. 
So there's a part in you that's attracted to the things of God, right? It's like sometimes you come to church and you thought, I'm going to give it a, a, a skip because your, your old body, was t- your young body is tired or your young body is just not feeling like the things of God, which by the way, you never will. Your flesh will never hunger for God. That's why your flesh has to live into subjection to your spirit. You have to feed your spirit more than your flesh. Your flesh will not hunger after the things of God. But many of you know, that when your spirit eventually convinced you to come to church or your friend got you to church, sometimes those were some of your most blessed services because that was exactly the meeting you needed to hear where God came and He touched you and He healed you and He delivered you. Come on, family. We have to get our flesh into subjection to the Word of God and become people that live as spirit beings, mastering the human experience. You are a spirit being, not a soul, not a body. You are a spirit. And your spirit is designed and created by God in the image of God to have communion with God. That's why if you're not walking with God the way you should walk with God, it's like there's something lacking. I'm I'm just not feeling good. I'm, I'm a little bit restless because we're missing the fundamental of what this is all about. And that is your relationship with God, which is not a religion, which is a relationship. It is walking with God. It's communing with God. It's dialoguing with God. It is waiting on God. It is watching for God. It is living hooked up, living intertwined with God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So when you marry your wife, you become one flesh. But a relationship more intimate than that is when the Holy Spirit comes to live in you, then your spirit and God's spirit becomes intertwined. You become one. That's why when you do something you ought not to do, your spirit becomes grieved. Why? Because the Holy Ghost doesn't climb out and stand outside the door of the club. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. If you make your bed in hell, I'm going to be there. I'll tolerate the music. I'll tolerate what you're doing. I'm not going to leave you. And the Holy Ghost is sitting in there shouting, hey, 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 what's up? What are you doing? Trying to get your attention. So these disciples did not understand at this time that The enemy was real and walking with God required a total different dimension if they were going to fulfill the calling and the destiny God had for them. And this is something every human being has to figure out for themselves. Age is not the criteria. The day you get the ability, if I can say it, to develop intimacy with God is the day your life changes. Not just the day you're born again, but the day you discern the voice of God. Like Peter, when Jesus said, do the people say, I am everybody in the opinion. He said, do you say, I am? He said, you are uh, Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, blessed are you, Son, by Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. A revelation that comes to a fisherman. For the first time in thousands of years, a normal person hears the voice of God. And Jesus said, upon this rock, what rock? Upon the revelation that you can hear the voice of God. Hey, my friend, God talks to you. God is not a mute. God is a relational God. God has a voice. 
God has a word for you and God wants a relationship with you face to face. God wants to reveal Himself to you. God wants to reveal His character to you. And if God communed with Moses under the old covenant face to face as a man speaks to a friend, we are under a new covenant. We should have a closer relationship with God. We don't have to sacrifice anything because the price has been paid. The way into the Holy of Holies has been made. We can come because as children of God, we have a spirit of adoption. We are now sons and daughters of the living God. We are not servants. We are not slaves. We don't crawl our way into the throne room of grace. We come. My name is Anna. Here I am. Father, Father, Abba, Father. You have not received a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received, Romans 8 verse 15 says, the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That's what Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father. So your image of God is critical in your pursuit of God. Did you get that? The image you have of God will determine your relationship. Because some of you had no relationship with an earthly father. Some of you had a relationship with an angry father. And religion has portrayed God as this angry God who holds a record of all your wrongs. And people throw the law book. And the law was there. What did the law do? The law pointed us to Christ. The law pointed that we could not keep the law. So God comes in the New Testament and He doesn't give us another law book. He doesn't give us a rule book. He gives us a relationship. He gives us a person. He sacrifices His Son to be the bridge builder between you and me so that we can have access to the Father. You can have access to the Father. You can talk to God, whether you're a carpenter, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a student, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a bishop, whether you're a prophet, you have access into the presence of God as your Father. That's why I'm very outspoken. We don't need to listen to God through other people. We need people who point us how to have a relationship with God. You need your own revelation, your own word from God. The Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit. Not by the Songoma. And, 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 and by the way, wit mense gaan ook door dokters toe. Ek het al baie wit mense gebid wat hulle, hulle die dolose, iemand het vir hulle dolose gegooi. Baie ons is baie dol, nee. In a, have you ever figured it out? You go to the lady that reads the leaves in the in a teacup. I mean, what the heck? What did you read? Well, they look at your palm, palmistry, and say, "Okay, your lifeline." No, my lifeline is called Jesus Christ. Amen. The way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. I don't have to look at the stars. I see the bright and the morning star. I have a star. I don't have to follow a horoscope. Come on, I follow the living Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, I don't need somebody else to fall back on. I have a Savior, I have a Deliverer, and His name is Jesus. Oh, come on, give Him a big praise because He's worthy tonight. Come on, young person. In the name of Jesus, give Him a mighty praise. So, um, you know, uh, many of you don't know this. Before I got saved, I got involved in a lot of nonsense. Part of it was this... Uh, glasy, glasy, 
in many ways that we sought guidance from the spirit world. And there's truth in it, but it's not all truth. And um, automatic handwriting, blah, 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 astral traveling. I did all that rubbish. So I understand these things. So when I say certain things, because I understand, I don't talk about it because it's going to draw your attention in the wrong direction. It's irrelevant. Then I found the truth. Who's a person. And once you find that person, you find everything. You don't need the person and. The ancestor as a guy. Now let me offend you. Stand on your toes. Jesus will hear your toes, but you have to hear it. You can't still go and build a little monument and sacrifice an animal and put the food out there. Tomorrow the food is gone. You think your gods have eaten the food. No, your neighbor came and ate the food, okay? And, think you, and, and put your money there. And the next day the money is gone. The gods have taken my money. No, the gods didn't take the money. Somebody else have taken the money. So the Bible says, the, God mocks those gods. I just want to tell you this. He says those gods are idols. They have mouths, but they speak not. Ears, but they speak not. Eyes, but they see not. Feet, but they walk not. Hands, but they handle not. He says, everybody that worships those gods are just like them. Dumb. I didn't say God said it. He said, but I'm the living God. So you put your hope and your trust in God. You put your focus on the living God who is risen. You focus on the Son who is the mediator between God and man. You establish your relationship with God through the person of Jesus Christ who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. You're not gonna get to God through your works of righteousness. You're not gonna get to God through your activity. You're not going to get to God through your ancestors. You're not going to get to God through your traditions. You're not going to get to God through your good works. You will get to God through the mediator. There is one mediator between God and man and His name is Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something, when you begin to spend time in the presence of God, Jesus is going to reveal Himself to you and He's going to reveal the Father to you. And then you live this life with a total different confidence knowing that you're going to be okay. No matter what you are facing, no matter what the enemy plots or schemes against you. If God is for me, who can be against you? But this cannot be mentalist seen. This has to be revelation. This has to be relational. Please hear what I say. I cannot talk to you as a young person and not overemphasize the importance of you establishing your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ because God doesn't have grandchildren. He doesn't have great-grandchildren. He doesn't have orphans. He has sons and daughters. And you need to draw closer to God in the watch of the Lord and seek His face. And as you see God, God will reveal Himself to you. And here's the deal. The more time you spend on spiritual things, the more your flesh will become subdued. The less time you spend in spiritual things, which is the Word of God, and prayer and going to church, the more your flesh will be rising up. The greater your challenge will be. So we don't have to worry about the flesh. That's why Paul says in Galatians 5 verse 16, he says, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It doesn't say go deal with your fleshly carnal desires and the problems you have in the flesh, etc. He says, no, 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 no. Get yourself full of the Spirit. 
focus on a life in the Spirit. Begin to read the Bible. Five minutes, seven minutes, ten minutes. Read the Bible. Because the Bible will sanctify you. The Bible will purify your thoughts. The Bible will keep you from sin. The Bible will break the power of Satan over your life. The Bible will reveal who God is to your life. Because when you read the Bible, the Holy Ghost is there. And the Holy Ghost talks to you about your life when you spend time in the Word of God. I cannot lie to you as a young person and say, you're going to be okay without a relationship with God. I mean, I also had to establish a relationship with God. I don't have a relationship with God because I have a title or I'm a pastor. I know many people in the ministry who don't even know who Jesus is. They have a degree but no relationship. Your connection with Jesus is everything. And it's something that you have to hunger for more than anything else. It's someone that you have to pursue. You say, have to. Yes, have to. You want to marry the girl, you better pursue her, okay? Amen. Not, I said, if you want to marry the guy, you pursue the guy. No. I said, because I know the girls are the chasers today. Ah, I'm just playing, okay. Um, if, you, if you want to get the girl, then, then pursue her. You want to get to know God, you have to pursue Him. You have to be a God chaser. Not a woman chaser, a God chaser. Because your relationship with God will determine everything in your life. The friends you have today, you will see no more tomorrow, five years from now. You're a student. Those people who are the major influences influences in your life. Five years from now, they're not in your life. Ask me. People that were my friends 30 years ago, they're nowhere. 20 years ago, they're nowhere. 10 years ago, they're nowhere. Reality. So somewhere, you have to shift your focus from looking at what people have to offer to what Jesus came to give you. I know it sounds very simple what I'm saying tonight, but it's everything. Because out of a relationship with God, your faith operates. Out of a relationship with God, God leads you and guides you. I mean, my dog knows my voice, my new dog. My other dog, I shed many tears this week. You may sit there and think, oh, what is he crying about a dog? Every dog lover will know. Okay, you don't have to give a hand clap. That's just it. And I've got a new dog and I call, I'm calling him the Duke. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, man, 28 kilograms at six months. He's, he's, I thought I'll call him the boss, but I thought, no, I'm not going to dethrone myself. I'm the boss in my own house. I'll call him the Duke. Okay. So already he knows my whistle. He knows my walk. Already. We should know the voice of God. We should discern the footsteps of God. And the only way that will be is if we, as a young generation, as individuals, spend time, I call it the watch of the Lord, where you have a place and you spend time with God. You say, how? You just go sit, pull a chair up. Say, Lord, 
Maybe you're going to fall out of your chair because God's going to talk back to you. <laughs> He's going to say, yes. <laughs> no, that's not God's voice. Yes. No, that's not God's voice. Still a small voice. You just talk to Him. You just love Him. You draw close to Him. Not with your needs and your wants. And Jesus never taught us to pray that way. Just love on God because God loves you. The Bible says we love Him because He first loved us. Just love on God. Begin to love God. I promise you, what you love, you will be attracted to. Begin to worship God. What you worship God, you will value, will be worth your worship. What you focus on. I don't care how you feel. because we don't walk by feelings. Just get yourself into a place of silence and do the first thing before we concern ourselves about anything. And that is establish a healthy, living relationship with your Father through Jesus Christ. Giving your life to Jesus is step number one. But as a 20-year-old yet tonight, you have many, 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 many decisions to make. Who you will marry, when to have a child, where you will live, where you're going to work. Decisions upon decisions. And God wants to guide you so that your steps can be sure-footed, so that your way can be pleasing unto God. There is no easy way where we just wipe a relationship off the table with God and we go seek a prophet to prophesy over us. Now there are prophets that God uses and He uses a prophet if you're not listening to Him. And normally when you get a prophecy, it's a warning because you're not listening. There's a better way. Walk with the Lord. He loves you. He cares about you. Draw close to Him in Jesus' name. God bless you. Amen. Give them a big hand clap as they go. So I got saved when I, when I, just as I turned 18, I got saved. And I thank God, the first thing I did was establish a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the church played a vital role because through what I experienced in church, I realized that God was alive. And I would then go take that back into my closet, my prayer room. And I would go and worship God by myself. And I'll tell you something. When I, I've worshipped God and His presence comes in such a powerful way that I cannot stand. Nobody having to lay hands on me, I hit the deck. And I don't have a lot of words to say when God shows up. I've laid in the presence of God and I've just wept. Not because I'm sad, just because I'm grateful. Where I will just lie and say, thank you, Jesus. Snot and trana, my get, snot and trana, die pastoor, ja. God, as my hart aanraak, as my hart aanraak, en ek ervaar sy teenwoordigheid, daar is niks soos dit nie, geen mens op die aarde kan dit vir jou gee nie, geen mens, geen, geen plezier op die wereld kan dit vir jou gee nie, geen kokkeine, geen alcohol, niks kan dit vir jou gee, wat nie die Heere vir jou kan gee nie, want jy is geskape dier God, en jy is geskape vir God, so here's the amazing thing about God, He's not a statue, He's alive, and as you draw close to Him, He's going to draw close to you. And as you worship Him, He's going to come back and talk to you. And 
there are going to be times, and I've had it in my car, where I know God's always there. We understand that. And um, the Holy Spirit's in us, etc. But there are times that I just know God just climbed in my car. And it's just like a presence like I cannot experience. I, ca- I cannot explain just like heaven just climbed my car. And it's, don't come okay. It's just like, Jesus. And you feel unworthy, and yet you are worthy. You understand what I'm saying? When God shows up, it's like you want to be in the ground as low as you can go. And I'm not saying you, you, you were me. I'm just saying you are so thankful that as a sinner, God had mercy on you and God saved you. And you realize that even after you've been a Christian for years and years and years and years, you deserve nothing. That a holy God will take the time to visit you, to spend time with you, to love on you, to heal you. When you don't have a relationship with God, you miss out on so much. And that's when this world becomes appealing to you. That's when the distractions come. Because David says, taste and see that the Lord is good. You taste God, nothing else is going to taste like Him. You, you smell the fragrance of God, there's nothing else. Not the nicest perfume on a lady is going to smell like that. He's the rose of Sharon. Oh, come on. He's the lily of the valley. Come on. He's, he's the bright in the morning. Oh, come on. Just love on Him. I feel His presence in this place. He's our King, our Lord and our Master. And He's worthy of our worship. Our worship. When we worship Him, we say, You are worthy. Lamb of God, you are worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. That's why we take time on a Sunday, time during the week, to lift our hands to this amazing God and to say to Him, you are worthy. God, you are worthy. You are great and you are greatly to be praised. One generation will declare your works to another. We stand together, every tongue, tribe and culture, and we worship the Most High. We worship and we glorify our God on high who loves us, who sent His Son to die for us, who wants a relationship with you and me. Think about it. It's mind-boggling, mind-blowing that God knows your name. The hairs on your head, Advocate Daniel, (laughs) which is no more. (laughs) By choice. He knows everything. And He says, come to me. Come to me. Don't let your guilt and your shame and everything else keep you away from God. Draw close to God. Come in the condition that you are, in the state that you are. And spend time in the presence of the Lord. That's what's going to change you. You know, sometimes people, and sometimes we do pray and cast devils out and all these kind of things, really. Because when God shows up, the devil goes. So when God shows up, the, the problem goes. The addiction, addiction just goes. I was addicted to many things. Jesus came and all those addictions broke. Boom, 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 boom. Nobody delivered me. Every addiction, just gone. The, 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 the mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. So where should our focus be? On Him. Drawing closer to Him. Not being asleep as a generation and wanting some emotional high, but ex- understanding that God gave us the most high by sending His Son And that you and I have this amazing privilege to have a relationship one-on-one with God.
young girl in our church in now in Johannesburg, living in Bloomingdale. She was so excited to have an audience with the president for a few minutes, and um, and I thought it is a great privilege to meet with um, somebody that's honourable, etc. But my word, you have an invitation to have time with God, the Creator of the heavens and the earth. Come on, come on. If that doesn't flick your switch, I don't know what's going to flick your switch, okay? That you, as a human being, as frail as you are, listen, because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, you can come into the presence of God and not die. As holy as God is, and maybe as unholy as you are living, you can enter God's presence. There you will change when you come into His presence. When Jesus came, He removed fear, which is what kept people away from God, fearing the judgment of God. Now the Bible is clear in 1 John chapter 4, the Bible says, He that fears has not been perfected in love. Because he under, doesn't understand the love that God has for him. So we come boldly. He doesn't say what state you have to be in. Because when you come into the presence of God, you will change. You cannot stay the same. When you come into the presence of God, you will change. You cannot stay the same. When you bring your spirit, your soul and your body into the presence of God, my brother, you will change. When you see God for who He is, you will change. You don't have to stay the same. You lie in the sun too long, it's going to affect your skin, right? You get into the glorious presence of God, sin loses its attraction. That's why Jesus did not preach sin. He preached the remedy to sin, which is the grace of God. For by grace you are saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. He has to talk to the church in Galatians. He says, Oh foolish Galatians who has bewitched you. Having begun in the Spirit, are you now perfected by the works of the law and the flesh? You cannot go back under law, because law and grace doesn't operate together. Grace came and fulfilled the law and grace is your new tutor and grace is God's power to break sin over your life and grace is personified in the person of Jesus Christ. The law is not personified in Jesus Christ. Listen to me very carefully. Jesus fulfilled the law, but it's not the personification of the law. He is the personification of grace. And He said, He that has seen me has seen the Father. Moses when He said to the Lord, show me your glory, and God hid Him in the cleft of the rock, and God passed by Him, and God declared His own name, what did God say? He said, the Lord merciful, the Lord righteous, the Lord gracious, plenty in mercy. He didn't say the Lord of judgment, the Lord of, of, of damnation, the Lord of destruction. He said the Lord, He declared His own, 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 own character. So when we don't understand what Jesus came to do, we mix law and grace and confuse people, which we cannot. And it robs people of the confidence to come into the presence of God. And you're not gonna change outside of God's presence, ever. No works, no laws, no rules. Yes, when grace comes, it becomes your tutor. And grace breaks, not covers, breaks the yoke, the power of sin. Romans 8, what the law could not do, 
What could the Lord not do? Stop people from sinning. God did by sending His Son, condemning sin in the flesh. So God dealt with sin. So what do we have to do with people? Get them into the presence of Jesus. Oh, come all you faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come oh, la, 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 la. Do bear Jesus. Just come. Come. Come again and again and again. When somebody has cancer, the doctor doesn't sit and talk to that person about cancer. The doctor talks to the person about the remedy. And I say this because if you are sin conscious, you will not approach God. If you feel you are not worthy, you will not get yourself into the presence of God. Bible says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. God's not sitting on the throne with a stick. God is sitting on the throne with open hands, open arms, calling you. Somebody said to me, Pastor, you make it so easy. Well, what must I say? Must I say pay penance? Yes, you have to repent, but what will cause you to repent? Not your will. Because before I got saved, I tried to change myself many times. I couldn't. People tried to change me. They couldn't. Then I saw Him and fell in love with Him. And when I fell in love with Jesus, I fell out of love with this world. Hallelujah. And the world lost its power, its hold, and its attraction on my life. And I want to tell you, my brothers and my sisters, for some of those that have become prodigals and backsliders, let's stop talking about them. Go pick them up in your car. Get them back into the presence of this amazing God and let God Himself talk to them and love on them and minister to them. Whether it takes one month, two months, three months, one day, I don't care. But God's love is not going to fail because they have experienced God and they will return to their first love and God will restore the joy of His salvation. And Oh, come on. I believe we are going to see the greatest revival that this world has ever seen. But we better get our message right and we better get our hearts right so that Jesus is the center. Jesus at the center of it all. Not a tainted gospel, a gospel of salvation, which by the way, gospel name means good news. Come as you are. What sin is not forgivable? Think about it. Huh? You know, if somebody's a rapist, they have to be dealt with. But a rapist can be forgiven as well. Repent. Make right with that woman that he raped. And receive God's forgiveness. Do you actually believe it? But if you play, because you, you know, people that play with, with Christianity um, have no revelation of Jesus Christ. You, you will not have Jesus in your life and you are use an extreme now and you raped a woman and now you've got Jesus in your life you still rape woman because that's evil that's not even sin that's evil you understand huh so your pursuit of Jesus which is a journey your pursuit is what will break the stranglehold of Satan over your life. 
And everybody should have the opportunity to meet this amazing Savior and experience the unconditional love of God. Because the Bible says there is no just, not one. The Bible says your works of righteousness are as filthy rags. So if your works could not save you before you were born again, your works, listen, 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 is not what keeps you saved. Your works will testify of your salvation, but your works has nothing to do with your salvation. The Bible says but that we are not justified by the law is evident. We are justified by grace and grace alone. That was the great revelation. Justified, sanctified by grace. So people criticize this grace. We don't have to criticize grace. We have to understand grace. Because when you experience God's grace, sin is broken. I said when you experience God's grace, the person of Jesus Christ, He's not a little Jesus. He's a powerful Jesus. Come on. He's not a little Savior. He knows how to save you all the way. He's not going to half save you. When He saves you, He saves you. And He breaks the power of sin over your life. Oh, come on, shout Amen. And give Him a praise here tonight in Jesus' name. So uh, if, 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 if Jesus represents the position of Jesus, the pulpit, where are you? Have you moved away? Have you moved closer? Where are you? Huh? Are you drawing closer to Him or away from Him? Is He by the way in your life? Is He your pursuit? I can't lie, I've been a pastor now for over th- almost 36 years. Now on the 1st of September, tomorrow by the way, whenever. 36 years full time in the ministry. I've seen, I've seen people come, people go. I've seen people, and it's all boils down to one thing. Your relationship with God and your respect for the Word. Not God's Word says and you say, but. Because when you say but to the Word, you've elevated yourself above God. Because the Word is elevated above the name of God. So when you receive Jesus, you receive His Word as final authority. That's it. You live by the Word. Not your Word, not your culture, not your parents, not your opinion, not the foolishness on social media, not whatever is coming out of America through Disney World and trying to confuse, confuse our children through our education systems. No. We are not searching truth. We have truth. We have the Word of God who is a lamp to our feet and a light to our And And you have to decide for yourself, what is your basis of truth? What is your compass? If the Word is a menu, the Word is a suggestion, you're going to flap around in life, flop around like a fish that's come out of the water. You can't do Jesus plus. You cannot do the Bible plus. You cannot say, I know the Bible says this, but no, your butt will land you on your butt. You have to give God's Word preeminence in your life. Now, I can't say this to you in, in mollycoddled and coated, sugar-coated in cotton wool and give it to you so you have five years to digest it. You don't have time. Your enemy is real. Satan's attack against you is real. You were born into a battle. You have to wake up to this battle and you yourself have to make up your mind. Is 
Jesus the Christ. Is He the one I want to serve with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind? Is He the Christ? I will not waver between two opinions, between Paul and between Jesus, between the Sangoma and between Jesus, between my Uma Spell and Jesus, between my ancestors and Jesus. I have to decide. If the Lord is God, then follow Him. You have to make up your mind. I have decided to follow Jesus Christ. There is no other way. And if all your friends backslide, you stay with Jesus. If all your friends bow to their culture, you stay true to Jesus. Because my brother, my sister, one day you're going to stand before Him. Not that we fear God's judgment. More than that, you are going to have a life of victory through every trial because you are walking with the Savior. Why would you not? If this all-knowing, all-wise, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient God extends a hand. Who's the person you most respect alive on planet Earth? Think quickly in your head. If that person WhatsApp you now and said, I want to see you tomorrow. You know, or you know, yippee, hurrah, hurrah. Because the person you esteem highly, listen, recognizes you, invites you to a meeting and then tells you from today, you have access to me 24-7. Who's that person alive on planet Earth? Huh? Who? Some pop star? Well, you don't get pop stars anymore. What do you get? Some movie star? You think if I could just be noticed by that person and God has noticed you? God is inviting you into a relationship. God's prepared a seat for you at the table. God's calling you into communion with Him. God's extending that hand. Your cell phone rang tonight, SMS, while this man is preaching. Okay, not, not in a crazy way. I'm talking about, I'm WhatsApping you right now from the pulpit. Okay, I'm getting your attention. The Most High. But you see, your perception of God will determine your respect for God. Your perception of the president puts him higher than God. Your perception of whatever puts that person higher. My brother, I've met with them all. Every president that's been in this country, I don't mean it in a, in a um, name-dropping thing. Billionaires, all the rugby players, blah, 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 billionaires, whatever. doesn't matter. I honor what God is doing through people, but I'm not impressed by any human being alive on planet Earth because I have met man and I've met God and there is absolutely no comparison between a man that may live in the biggest mansion, drive the fanciest cars, have the greatest of the greatest of the greatest. Hey, he's not a, a, a little a dot, a sand kernel compared to the living God, hallelujah, who calls you by name into a relationship with you, Him, who calls you to come and walk with me. Come, all you who are labor and are heavy laden. Come 
take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. My friend, you may sit in a squatter camp tonight. You may sit unemployed tonight watching me somewhere in one of our churches. God holds the future in the palm of your hand, not a political party, not a constitutional amendment, although things like that are necessities. God holds your future in the palm of His hand and God will lead you, God will guide you. You are a child of the Most High God. Think about that. You are a son, a daughter of God and you have the privilege to call Him Father. Father. And every time you say Father, He's there. Waiting, listening, loving. I've never had an encounter with God that's been negative. I'll say it again. I've never had an encounter with God that's negative. I've, ne- I've been in low places in my life and I felt like a dog, D-A-W-G. And um, <laughs> not the old dog I was talking about this morning, okay? The American dog. And he shows up. He loves you, loves you, loves you, loves you, loves you, then talks. He doesn't beat you, beat you, beat you, beat you, then love you. <laughs> no. He loves you, loves you. And sometimes after he has loved on you, he doesn't even have to talk to you. It's like loving rebellion out of the heart of a child. I raised my kids. Okay, they're serving the Lord. Loving the rebellion out of them. Loving the hurt out of them. Loving the anger. Whatever they're going through. This is the God we serve. He is love. He doesn't have love. He's love. So every encounter with God is going to be love. I know it's messes with your theology because you're one of those, the empty chair, I'm not talking to you sitting here today. You're one of those like, God's going to get you. Yes, with mercy and with love and with compassion. That's the God that we serve because His love will change you. It's not going to beat up on you. So stop beating up on yourself. Stop keeping a record of your sins and your wrongs. Stop demeaning yourself because all those things will keep you out of the presence of God. Just come as you are and God will adjust what needs adjusting in your life. I want every head bowed, every eye closed, no one moving. You're sitting here tonight, there in Johannesburg, in Bloemfontein, in Cape Town, in Potsdam, where we are going to be this week, in Windhoek, Gaberone, Durban, in all our amazing churches. God's talking to you tonight. He's calling you back. He's calling you back to that place of intimacy. You've left that place. Oh, we go through the motions. That's why I said what I did this morning. We're not just going to go through motions. This is real or it's not. If it's not real, we're going to get ourselves in trouble in some other area. You get yourself back to this God tonight. You draw to Him tonight. You come and surrender everything tonight. You come and give yourself to Jesus. You come as you are. I promise you, the authority of God's Word, His love is going to change you. His love is going to change you as you come tonight. 
and give yourself to Jesus. Every head bowed people praying in all our churches tonight. You're sitting there tonight. You say, Pastor, you're talking to me. I've had a wrong picture of God. I've I felt guilty. I felt shameful. And I've I've just walked away from God. But tonight I want to come back. Tonight I want to experience the love of God. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe like me, you had a religion. I went to church. I prayed. Elke aand het ek gebid. Heere, vergeef my genadiglik. Al my sondes my naans my wil. Geef my hou die my Heere gehad. Zero. Niks. Gesondag aan bid ek vergeef my. Sondag aan bid ek vergeef my. Want ek het die verhouding met Jesus gehad. Hy breek die macht van sonde. You're sitting here tonight. You say, that's me. I need a new beginning with God, a fresh start. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. If that is the cry of your heart, forget your friends around you. Listen in your heart. They're in Bloemfontein. Many of you tonight. Tonight you say, I want to surrender all to Him. I want to pray for you. If that's the cry of your heart tonight, quietly wherever you are, just slip your hand up and I'm going to say a prayer for you. Quickly, raise it up all over this place. Just raise it up, raise it up, raise it up. Hi, unashamedly. God bless you, bless you, bless you. God bless you. Raise it up. Thank you, thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Many hands. Raise it up. Come on. Tonight, God's talking to you. Not your friend. Not the person next to you. Thank you. Thank you. Slip your hand up. Come on. Slip it up high so I can see it. It's dark in this place. Donkey, once you've raised it, you can put your hand down. Slip your hand up. Come on there in Cape Town. Lift your hand up. Lift your hand up. People aren't going to save you. People aren't going to secure your future. God already has. You can't live this life apart from Him. He calls you, not me, to surrender your life to Him. One more time before I pray. You've not yet raised your hand. Slip your hand up quickly. Nog even aan, jou hand opgetel nie. Weet God praat met jou, sê van aan, sluit my na gebed in. Dankie, 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 dankie. You're not going to be okay. You're never going to be okay away from God. Never, never, ever, ever. This is for keeps. This is for keeps. This relationship is for keeps. And, you know, I raised my kids as well, and they were not always perfect. That's why I'm I'm very cautious when people start preaching a hardline version of the gospel. My kids weren't always perfect. But one thing I taught my kids, you come to me about anything, anytime, nothing will change the way I feel about you and the way I love you. I raised them to talk to me about anything. And this dad never got shocked. God's not going to fall off the throne. He's seen it all. You're not the problem, child. You're a work in progress. He began a good work in your life. God's not finished with you. So don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on this journey. You stay close to God. And I learned with my kids. And I'm just a human being. I learned. Keep those, them kids close. And, and, and two of them that have similar personalities were more prone to rebellion. Pushing the boundaries. And it's not Angelique. <laughs> I never said who it is. They were just more prone to pushing boundaries. So I had to be more intentional to uh, guide them, love them, look for them. (laughs) 
go look for them in the wrong places. Look for them. I would sit there. I would sit. I would sit. Then one of them might always catch them off guard. They'd sit and watch TV with me, etc. And um, then I'll just ask a question because I have discernment, you know. Not ju- a question of judgment. I'll just say, did this and this and this happen? I look at them because they can't lie. Yes, daddy. <laughs> I say, it's okay. It's okay. But we're not going to go down that path. And I don't care what you've done. I'm going to fight for you as Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago. I'm never going to give up on you. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to cover you. I'm going to walk with you. You'll never stop being my child. Ever. Ever. So as parents, we have to love our kids sometimes through things, right? So we come to the church and God who is perfect. How can we then even think that God stops loving us based on our behavior? I'm not saying stay in a path of unrighteousness because that's impossible once you have followed Christ because the desire for sin has changed. But if any man fall, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And the quicker you run back to God, the quicker the guilt, the shame, and the power of sin is broken over your life. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? We don't visit God. We walk with God. We're His family. We're His children. And He's not going to give up on us. I spoke to somebody, a five-year-old boy, had a dream of Jesus. And everything the child said is biblical. And said, I saw Jesus, the most beautiful person I've ever seen in my life. But don't ask what color, because there is no color. Because what attracted him was the eyes. He said, it's the friendliest eyes I've seen in my life and the most love I've ever experienced. The child, five years old. Not judgment. Love. You see, as humans, we've, love has become foreign because we trained to survive, to defend, to attack. So the concept of love for us becomes a foreign concept. So we, 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 we get a distorted version of the gospel because we ourselves do not understand the love that God has for us because we still measure love in human terms up to a point, conditional. If you, I will. No. God loved you while you were a sinner. God loved you when you least deserved it. And if God loved you then, think how much God loves you now. That's why you can come and lift your face. The Bible says, lift your face, not hang your head in shame. Lift your face to the King of glory. Lift your head. Lift your head. Get your head. Get yourself in the presence of God. God will make you feel clean. And I promise you, when you feel God's love, it is like nothing you've ever encountered in your life. And the hold of sin is broken. God so loved that He gave. Not a method. Not a format. A person. Jesus Christ. You meet Him. You experience Him. He becomes your compass in life, your foundation of truth. Even if you wander away, you'll always wander back because you'll remember in Jesus' name. I pray that you experience God tonight. I pray that you experience the love God has for you because my brother God loves you.
God really loves you. Each and every one of you. He loves you. Jy moet dit hoor vanavond. Want ons wat jonk is, die wereld het, moet hierdie prototype van wat een man moet wees. Jezus is die grootste prototype van enige man. En hy was net liefde gewees. Liefde. Liefde. God is lief vir jou. You need to hear me tonight. God loves you. Because when you understand God's love, the gang loses his hold. I ran with a gang as well. They lose their hold. They lose their attraction. It's just... That's why we can't preach a gospel outside of Jesus Christ. We have to preach around Jesus. Amen. The truth is in Jesus Christ. He is the center of our lives. Come on. So just put your hand on your heart tonight. He will reveal himself to you as he has and will say, Lord Jesus, tonight I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I give myself back to you. I accept you tonight. Thank you that you paid the price for all my sin. And Lord, tonight I repent for losing the way. I turn away from sin and I turn to you. And I believe that you are risen, you're alive, and you hear my prayer. And tonight I call on your name and I ask you, Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, save me, wash me in your blood, and give me the power to live as a child of God in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Come on, this still is the greatest miracle of them all, the angels on the balcony are rejoicing. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.